the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're calling it the fruit of true fellowship. It's a look at 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. We're taking a look at how one determines and views sin. Now, there's an honorable way of viewing sin and a dishonorable way as well. And how you view sin really determines the kind of fruit and that true fellowship you have with Christ and whether it really exists or not. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, featuring the teaching staff of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. And Stephen Clow joins us today, again, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. This heresy of perfectionism, of the possibility of being perfect, I'll just read one excerpt to you. St. Augustine and the Pelagius controversy. In the 4th century, the reaction against perfectionism was typified by the controversy between Augustine and Pelagius. Although Augustine affirmed an ideal of perfection, the summum bonum, it was a perfect attainable, it was a perfection attainable only in eternity. Meaning, we will not reach perfection down here, but we will up there when we see him face to face. He felt that human perfection was an impossible moral ideal in this life because the sinfulness of mankind resulting from the fall. Pelagius attributed the moral laxity of the church to the kind of blasphemy which told God that what we had commanded was impossible. St. Augustine prayed this simple prayer. He said, Lord, give what thou command and command what thou will. That offended him. That offended Pelagius. Because Pelagius thought, he read through the implications. He said, so what you're saying is that when God commands us to do something, we don't have the intrinsic, innate, intestinal fortitude to do it. And Augustine was saying, no, we don't. We need grace to obey God. We need grace for the grace to obey God. He, that is Pelagius, rejected the concept of original sin and asserted that persons are born with the free capacity to perfect, to perfect themselves or corrupt themselves as they chose. Sin is simply a bad habit which can be overcome by an act of the will. That's what he believed. Since sin is avoidable, however, Pelagius tended to judge severely those who fell into the slightest sins. And the history goes on. 
You know, you have the Quakers, you have Finney, Charles Finney, you have all these, you have the Wesleyans who, who actually teach this idea of perfectionism that can be obtained down here. And this same heresy was actually in John's day with those who were pre-Gnostic, those who were docetists, who made a dichotomy between the flesh and the spirit philosophically, saying that all matter was evil, but the spirit is essentially good. And so they have this inner light and they can say, I have no sin. And John is dealing with this. And he's letting them know that if you say you have no sin, you're in a horrible condition. A horrible condition. You are self-deceived, number one. Number two, you're still in darkness. And the Savior's blood is not needed for you. You're saying that I don't need the... I don't need the blood of Jesus Christ. So, here's another fallacy. The moment the Lord saves you, you no longer need Him. Now, this is challenging. Because you, you know what? They, these that say, I have no sin, who are in darkness, who are leading themselves astray from the truth into error, which is what we call apostasy. This is the process here. I'm thinking like this. Leading themselves astray from the truth into error by saying that they have no sin. They're saying that I don't need the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's the stinging reality. They don't confess their sins. They don't confess their sins. And this is how we know that we're in trouble. That we... That these seeds are of the flesh, because all heresies are of the flesh. Do we confess our sins to God daily? Do we live a life of confession and repentance to God? See, do we? In another way, do we still need Christ? Do we? Now, <laughs> what I just did was I asked you a question and answers came out. So, like, what happens with answers is that now they, they're, they're able to be tested under light. On the ground level of our practice. That's what John is doing. And I'm brought into this, too. It humbles me to no end. Do we say that we have no sin? In our relationship, do we act like we're sinless and cannot possibly do anything wrong? Do we operate as our own advocate justifying ourselves. While as yet we may not say that we are sinless, truth be told, sometimes we might act like it. But then he says here in verse number 9, verse number 9, he says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So on point number two, the confession of actual sins and our need. This is denying ourselves. We are denying our self-denial. So the, the term, if we confess, if we confess, it's the Greek term homologeo. And it means 
to say the same thing. To say the same thing. It goes back to the question I asked you earlier in the opening introduction when I said, do we say the same thing as God says about sin? This is what it means to confess. To say the same thing. To, uh, to say the same thing is to agree with God. And here is something that is stinging. This is why it's self-denial. is to agree about sin with God. To agree with God about sin in my life. In my life. The Proverbs put it like this. He who covers his sin shall not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes his sins shall obtain mercy. John is saying if you continual. This is a this is a common agreement. This is a continual acknowledgement, a lifestyle of confessing personal sin to God. Am I saying the same thing that God says about what I'm thinking about at that time? What I'm looking at at that time? Am I shaving the truth a little bit? Or am I being completely here it is, honest? Honest with God in my relationship with Him. To the degree that we're honest with God, we're going to be honest with each other, right? In our relationships, He's saying, if we say the same thing that God says about our sin, and we acknowledge, we agree with God, and we acknowledge our sins to God. If we, if we do this, if we live a lifestyle of doing this as we are in the light, here is the confident assurance that we have. Our, the confidence that we have is not in our confession. It is in the character of God. It's in the character of God. He is faithful. So this is interesting. (laughs) God is faithful. And when we hear that word, we should immediately think about our unfaithfulness to him. So our confidence can't be in our being. It can't be in our confession. It must be in the character of God. We serve and we are in a relationship with A covenant-keeping God. Great is His faithfulness. He is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. He is the one who promises and will also perform. He is not just faithful, but He is just. Just. He's fair. That's what that means. In the most simplest form, He's fair. That's interesting. He's fair. Or a a synonymous term for the term just is the term righteous. He is faithful and righteous. He is faithful and fair. Wait a minute. Fair? What is this? See, at one point in time, God's justice was our enemy. Right? At one point in time, God's justice was pursuing us because of our sins. At one point in time, God's justice, the sword of his justice, was coming to our address. But justice was satisfied by the death of Jesus Christ. 
Therefore God will not punish twice those who be in him. And when you come to God confessing your sin is on the grounds of Christ's blood and righteousness. God, therefore, in his justice, in his fairness, in his righteousness, according to the gospel, he applies that blood. He applies that blood. Canceling your debt. He applies that blood. Removing that guilt. He applies that blood to purify you and qualify you to continue on walking with God. Continue to walk with God. This is the covenant achievement. We'll go to a couple of verses and then we'll continue. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. We'll also go to Second Chronicles chapter 7. As well, we'll go to a few passages here. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. 32. Verse 4, it says, He is the rock. His work is what? For all his ways are judgment, and a God of truth, and without what? Just and right is he. Mm. Yeah, but that's not where I wanted to go. Turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 7. It's consistent with our text, though, because, again, God is faithful and just. Right? He is faithful and just. But that is, that, that's a good passage. But where I wanted to go, show you his promises. Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14. Verse 14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal the land. You guys heard that verse before, right? Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. It says, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. I'm sorry, let's start at verse 33. It says this, and this is talking about the new covenant. But this... This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all Know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Those of us who know God, who have been brought into a saving relationship with God through Christ... It's by God actually quickening us, convincing us, and persuading us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Him placing, writing on the tables of our hearts, His law. That's the light. The light that He places within those who are in covenant with Him. He he tattoos, if you will, on their soul the character of God. And they shall know me. 
and I will forgive their iniquities. And their sins I will remember no more. I'm glad that God, that God is perfect at, for, at, 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 at not remembering my sins. I wish <laughs> that I had that ability at times. But only God. There's nothing to remember. He punished it. So this is the promise that he actually made. And then God is the one that initiates. He's the one that deals with us in our sanctification. He's the one that, that, that is faithful in the covenant. So faithful that he will deal with us. He will deal with us. He will show us our sins. He will show us our offenses towards him. And he will deal with us as long as he needs to to persuade us of sin, to agree with him. How can two walk together except they be what? God is in the business of bringing us into agreement with him and helping us to think his thoughts after him with regards to sin so that we say what God says. Who wants to say what God says? I do. But is it easy to say what God says about you? But he's faithful. And he's just to cleanse us of our sins, to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So really what this person is saying here is that I am a sinner saved by grace. They're saying that I'm simultaneously sinful and righteous at the same time. They're not saying I have no sin. Now let's move it a step further. We're, we're done here. The last point, the clear apostasy from biblical truth. Notice, this person is self-righteous. This is what is said in verse 10. In verse 10 it says, of 1 John chapter 1, it says, He that says, I have not sinned. We have not sinned. He that says that we have not sinned, we make who a liar? God a liar. And his word is not in us. I love what Pastor Jesse said at the, uh, at the Rules of Engagement, the last session. It stung like a bee in my heart. When he said, when he said uh, that our wives, he started listing the attributes of the wives, how they're comforters, like the Holy Ghost, right? Comforters, you know, they're helpers. And, you know, they sometimes get at you. Like the Holy Ghost does in convincing you of sin. And what's the challenge? And I realize, man, I really need to, I, I, I need to be honest with God and I need to be honest in my dealings with my wife and I need to see my wife rightly the way that God sees her. So that I'm not finding myself trying to be justified before, justifying myself before her and condemning myself before God. Because if I, if I mess up, if I do something wrong, if I do something wrong, and God checks me on it. And I say, no, I didn't do that. Then what am I saying to God? You're lying. That's humbling. Who wants to call God a liar? 
None of us should want to, but people do it every day. We have a wrong estimation of our deeds. The Bible's clear. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a just man upon the earth that does good and sins not. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good. We have all gone astray. There's none that seeks after God. Jesus said, he that commits a sin is a slave, a do-lost slave of sin. Let me ask you a question. Even when you do good, isn't evil present? The lights need to cut on right there. Why? Because even when we do good, it needs cleansing. And that good is not to be brought and offered to God like wicked Cain offering his fruits to God so that he can be justified. No. We're to do good because God was good to us. But we have a wrong estimation of our deeds because we have a wrong estimation about our nature. Also, we war against God. Here's why. Because if you say you don't have any sin, and you say that you have not sinned, you're claiming to be equal with God. Right? Because who is it said of... Of a man that had no sin. Hmm? That was spotless. Without sin. Wasn't it Christ? Oh yeah, I said a man. He is a man, isn't he? <laughs> of course he's 100% God. Of course he is. He is the God man. But the fact of the matter is this. We are claiming equality with God when we say I'm not a sinner. Because that's what you're saying. I am not a transgressor of God's law. I have not offended God once. Only a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> right? We better get to singing that song right now. <laughs> this is my story. To God be the glory. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. We don't want to war, with, war against God by calling him a liar. Because what that does, ultimately, it manifests that we have no place for God's word in us. Here's why. Because we reject the gospel. The gospel tells us that we have sinned. <laughs> that we have sinned. And we have fallen short of the glory of God. This is the offense of the, Christ is the offense of the gospel because it is Christ that bore our sins in his body upon the tree. He actually redeemed, he paid the price of redemption for sinners who could not and would not. This is the offense that we're sinners. And to reject and reject and reject to say, yeah, I got fellowship with God. Yeah, I'm a believer, but I'm not a sinner. Reject and reject and you're manifesting that you really do not have fellowship with God. That you're still in darkness. Because you know what it means to make God a liar? It means for you to disagree with God. It means for you to call God a sinner like yourself and for you to be righteous. God becomes the one judged. And you become the judge. And if you're in that place, repent. If you're in that place, 
know that there's still forgiveness with God on his terms by the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ. He didn't just put Christ to death. He rose him from the dead. Ah, And you must go through him in order to be saved. That'll conclude our time today. And this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand, featuring Stephen Clow from our teaching staff here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.